Hello and welcome to After Credits, the Cover to Credits bonus podcast. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this After Credits episode, we'll be talking about the Cleveland Film Festival. What? What? Uh, But first, uh, let's talk a little bit about things we have read and or watched since our last bonus episode. Not a whole lot. No, probably not. Not really anything that we haven't already talked about for I mean, our regular podcast. Yeah, I never I'm never able to read anything other than our uh regular podcast uh criteria, but you probably have read something, right? Anything? I probably have. <laughs> <laughs> not that I really remember though. So. Uh we did watch a movie though. Yeah. Uh and that was Jumanji, the new Jumanji. Yeah. Uh welcome Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was really good. Mm -hmm. I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah. It was so funny and it was so enjoyable. I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah. In a way, it almost doesn't even need to be a Jumanji movie. It's just kind of like riding that name recognition. Yeah. Uh, Because it almost has nothing to do with Jumanji. It's like a totally different uh, setup. Yeah. You know, than like the board game. It's... It's a video game. It's a video game and there Mm -hmm. are different people in it, but it uses those uh, elements really well, I think. And, you know, to a lot of to to a humorous effect, Adina, I I chuckled (laughs) and I laughed. Jack Black is the best in it. (laughs) He is. If you've seen the trailers, you know that he plays. He's an avatar of a like a really pretty high school girl named Bethany. <laughs> and it's just like it's so funny because he plays her so well. And yeah. she becomes my favorite character in the movie. Like she starts out really crappy, you know, like your typical like self-absorbed teen taking photos in class and stuff. Um and then the journey that we go on with her and Jack Black is amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Jack Black is just his embodiment of this 17 year old Instagram girl is unbelievable. Yeah. And I also liked um, The Rock's character. Oh, he was good. And his portrayal of it, it was excellent. Uh, yeah, solid movie, worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been watching the new HBO show Barry. Oh, yeah. Uh, starring Bill Hader. And not only starring Bill Hader, but created and directed and written by Bill Hader as well. Wow. This is like his whole... His thing. His thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really good so far. I like it. That's cool. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know, he plays a hitman who decides to become an actor in Los Angeles uh, and starts taking these acting classes. And he's totally wooden and awkward and terrible at it, but he's kind of like discovering this new passion in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, But of course, he's still tied up in this whole hitman... uh, conspiracy and like they're investigating one of his crimes and he's kind of caught up in all of this but it's really funny pretty dark at points and you know a little poignant too but I it only three episodes in so far but I'm I'm a fan I enjoy it that's awesome yeah uh and then we are still in the middle of rewatching Steven Universe yep it continues it continues we'll probably do an episode on it at some point oh we should a bonus episode oh. where we just Gush. We just cry. And cry. <laughs> and talk about how we love every character and almost every episode. Yeah. Aside from the Uncle Grandpa crossover. Mates, oh. <laughs> may, may it never pass our lips. <laughs> <laughs> we do not speak of the Uncle Grandpa crossover. Yeah, so uh, let's get into our main topic yeah. of this month's episode, which was the Cleveland 
International Film Festival 2018. Yeah, and we decided to make this episode available for everyone to listen to, mm-hmm. mainly because we were so excited about going to the Cleveland Film Festival and seeing these movies, so many really great movies, and we wanted to share the good news about those <laughs> movies with everyone. So um, if you're tuning in and you've never listened to our podcast before or if you've never listened to our after credits um, portion of it, our after credits podcast is for our patrons, usually, who support us on Patreon. Um, but we're making an exception for this episode. Yeah, yeah. And our normal podcast episodes, we usually cover book and movie adaptations. Mm-hmm. And then, like Adina said, after credits is just kind of whatever we feel like talking about outside of that specific niche. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the Cleveland Film Festival, I started going. Um, we both went to Edinburgh, Adina and I, Edinburgh That's where University. We met. It's where we met. It's where we <laughs> fell in love. Uh, but I was a part of the film series there, and we went two out of the three years I was in the film series. Mm-hmm. And it was always a great trip. We'd cram in a bunch of movies and like go to the bars, you know, in the area because it's right in downtown at. Uh, Tower City Center Mm -hmm. and it was such a great time and I loved it and then you know a couple years passed after we both graduated and then moved to Pittsburgh yeah and then it was just last year that we decided like let's go back to that Mm -hmm. it's such a good time and you hadn't been there I'd never been you always talked about how fun it was and I was like take me (laughs) (laughs) so we plan for it's I don't know the full length it's like under two weeks yeah but it crosses two weekends Mm -hmm. uh, during its runtime, and we usually plan and take a trip during one of those weekends. Yeah. And last year was great. We saw, I think, seven movies. Yeah. Or eight. Seven, I think. Seven in three Mm -hmm. days. Uh, And, you know, we saw a really good documentary last year Mm -hmm. and, like, some foreign movies. And it's kind of, it's mostly American independent movies. Yeah. uh, That you wouldn't, that wouldn't really pop up in a wide release or foreign films that are a little higher production value usually. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just, they're great. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of a roll of the dice in a way. Yeah. Picking what to see. As When you pick the schedule, like they, there's a list of movies and you can watch the trailer for some of them. Some of them don't have a trailer. And that's basically it. Yeah. Because, you know, there's no Rotten Tomatoes score. You know, there's no reviews, really, of these movies because either they haven't come out yet or they came out in a different country. So, like... <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of um, reviews to read or yeah. feedback to pull from. So, you just kind of get a get a feel for it and read the description and maybe watch the trailer if it's available. Yeah. Luckily, this year, we got all solid movies. Yeah. And last year we only saw like one movie that was kind of a dud. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's fun. It's fun for that reason. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, so let's start. Let's talk about the first movie we saw the first night we got there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Never Steady, Never Still. It's Canadian movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm, we don't have uh, the information at our disposal at the yeah, moment. Yeah, like we maybe directors that and out, all that but, stuff. Uh, but for, I mean, to be honest, you, no one would really be familiar with them. Yeah. Just because they're smaller movies. Uh, but we'll post about them and tag them in, on Twitter and everything uh, mm-hmm. when we release this episode. This was a good movie, though. It was. It was difficult, though. Yeah, it was a an ordeal. I guess. Not an ordeal. It was just 
tough. It's challenging. Yeah. It is about uh, a family that lives in Canada and the mother and wife has, uh, is it Parkinson's? Yeah, she has Parkinson's. Parkinson's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she suffers from tremors and shakes constantly and she relies on her husband to take care of her. Mm -hmm. And their son, who's 18, is has graduated high school and is now kind of trying to decide what to do with his life. Yeah. And he ends up deciding to work in a, uh, a gas drilling facility um, that he'll have to move away from home to go work mm-hmm. at. Uh, and basically the family encounters uh, just a lot of problems yeah. and a lot of conflict and the performances are solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the subject matter and the mother's Parkinson's. It's a little hard to watch. There's some scenes where the woman who has Parkinson's is trying to do something or there's a scene where she's driving and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. She's going to die. Like this is (laughs) terrible. Um, luckily that's not what happens, but, uh, just trying to do everyday tasks becomes, you know, a minefield of problems and you are so afraid for her and you feel so much sympathy and compassion for her situation because she she's clearly doing the best she can and her family her husband and son are trying to help her as best they can too but it's just so sad yeah uh there's a scene towards the end of the movie that's just a long several long takes of her getting dressed yeah and putting her shoes on and just these the challenges of her you know day to day activities, mm-hmm. and there's also some good scenes. She's in kind of a uh, a physical therapy slash support group. Yeah, and there's some good scenes where she gets to share, uh, you know, her struggles like emotionally and physically. And at one point, she's talking about just how she doesn't think anyone sees her for the woman she used to be. Yeah. And only for what she's become in like this uh, disability she has now. Mm-hmm. So very, very emotional and sad and kind of bleak in a lot of ways. Yeah. But good. The son character also shares a lot of screen time. Yeah. And his part is kind of where it lost me a bit. I didn't really like him that much. I didn't appreciate that he's struggling like to find his way, but he was kind of annoying. (laughs) Yeah, I honestly liked him fine at the beginning. Yeah. You know, Uh, then as it went on, he just kind of made worse and worse decisions. Yeah. That. I mean, I guess he was just being kind of self-destructive, but they almost seemed to come from nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it was just frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it was a good movie, though. And if it comes out on Netflix or anything, you should check it out. Yeah. Um, Which some of these movies do come out on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw a movie last year called Some Freaks. Mm -hmm. And it starred the actor who stars in Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. Mm -hmm. And it was Excellent. And it's on Netflix now. And if you get the chance to watch it, you should. Yeah. That was another good movie we saw at Cleveland Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the movie we saw after that is Tully. Tully. Yes. Uh, directed by the director of Juno and Up in the Air, uh, Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and starring Charlize Theron. Yeah. This is an excellent movie. And it's actually going to have a wider release. Soon, yeah. I yeah. think in May. Um, so... Definitely see this movie if you can. It has Charlie Theron in it. There's some other people in it that are have been in stuff that you might know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this movie is about a woman played by Charlie Theron um, 
Marlo, I think is her name. And she just had her, she's just had her third child and she has two other kids and is just kind of struggling. And her brother convinces her to get a night nanny. Yeah. And she finally uh, gives into this idea and hires a night nanny who basically Mm -hmm. just like takes care of your kid for most of the night unless they need a uh, nurse. And then she takes them. She takes her up to the mom and, you know, they nurse. Uh, But this movie is such an honest portrayal, I think. Now, we're we're not parents. We're not. So we can't say. We can't say for sure. But it feels very sincere and honest. You know, it's clearly a difficult struggle for her character. Yeah. um, Being a mother of three with a young child. And there's so many moments in this that just felt so true and funny and, you know, touching or, you know, difficult. Yeah. A part in the trailer that had me completely sold on the entire movie is Charlize Theron is standing over um, her baby and it's on a changing table and she's on her phone and she goes to turn off her phone and she fumbles and drops the phone right on top of the baby (laughs) who immediately starts wailing and crying and I lost it. I thought that was so funny because I'm like, that's going to be me as a father in the future, probably. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, really good, though. So she hires this nanny and she was, as you put it, Dina. Oh, she is the manic pixie dream nanny (laughs) (laughs) who comes into your life and just makes it better. Also known as Mary Poppins. (laughs) Yes, essentially. But, you know, you see that that's kind of where this is going. Like Tully, who is the night nanny, um, is just like kind of helps Charlize Theron's character sort of get back on her feet and maybe come back to life a little bit and you think it's going a certain way but things don't exactly end up in the place that you think um I think the movie really does something special in its portrayal of motherhood and really in the dark side I think of parenting and motherhood and like how much you can lose of yourself in trying to care for these kids And Marlo's character, she has a son who has, you know, a a lot of special needs. And he's sort of like a problem child in that they don't really know what's wrong with him. But she's struggling with him in school and um, she has other problems as well. So you can just really see her trying to be the best mom and the best person and version of herself that she can be. But she's just failing. And I think it has a lot to say about the expectations that are on mothers. Yeah. Um, she didn't even want to hire a night nanny at the beginning, but she's like, is that cheating? You know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm supposed to stay up with the the baby and everything. And she has a husband, but he's not very supportive. No. Um, he He's not really that involved. So, yeah, I just thought it had a lot of really good things to say. This was my favorite movie that we saw. Oh, I... I- I think it was mine, too. Yeah, I, I, I really do. Uh, and it's just it's so funny. It is too. funny. Yeah, it, it balances this kind of dark subject matter at points with this humor that's so good. Mm-hmm. My favorite line in the whole movie is like everyone, her one older child who's kind of problematic. Yeah. Uh, everyone keeps calling him quirky. Oh, yeah. As kind of a way of being polite about it. Like, listen, he's quirky. <laughs> and at one point. After this has been said five times, the principal says this to Charlize Theron when discussing her child and she freaks out. She's like, 
why the fuck do people keep saying he's quirky? What does this mean? He's my child. He's not a fucking ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line in the whole movie. It's so, so funny. Yeah, yeah, like Adina said, it's going to be getting a a wider release. Probably not everywhere, although I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is definitely one. Check your local theaters. See if it's out. And if it is, it's really worth it. It's a great movie. Yeah. Especially if you like Juno or Up in the Air, mm-hmm. two of Jason Reitman's previous movies. Uh, it's really, really solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was our Friday night. Yeah. And then we went into Saturday mm-hmm. and we went to the Cleveland Art Museum. Yeah, that was fun. Which was fun. It was really cool. Uh, we got lost in <laughs> among rooms of uh, medieval religious art. art. And after being surrounded. Rooms and rooms of medieval art. And at first you're in it and you're like, oh, these are funny because like memes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look how dumb Jesus looks dying on and the like cross. And like the style of it is like real different and weird than most art. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's like creepy looking. It's weirdly <laughs> flat and... Everyone has weird expressions on their faces. Yeah, but then we got like lost in those rooms pretty much because there's so many. And we're like, okay, we got to get out of here. I started feeling a little sick, not (laughs) sick, but like claustrophobic because there was just like pictures of Jesus being killed everywhere and like small rooms. And then every other picture that wasn't Jesus being killed was just a Jesus baby that looked like an old man. And it was just (laughs) freaking me out. (laughs) That's true. It's either only baby Jesus or Jesus right in the moments of death. Yeah. You don't get like a sexy, hot, like (laughs) 20 year old Jesus, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like in his robes, like preaching from a hilltop. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that was, we enjoyed that. Um, And then that night we saw... Uh, oh, 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 uh, on Chesil Beach? On Chesil Beach. On Chesil Beach, mm-hmm. which uh, stars Shersha. Sh- I always I always stumble on her name, Shersha Ronan. Yeah. Who kind of became more mainstream uh, this year because she starred in Lady Bird. Yeah. A really successful movie that a lot of people liked. Mm-hmm. And she stars in this movie. It uh, is from England, uh, was produced by the BBC. Yeah. And is about a newly married couple and their struggles to consummate their marriage yeah uh, the night they're married and it all takes place in the course of like one evening basically they yeah. have flashbacks and then there's flash forwards later mm-hmm. uh, it's actually based on a book so we're we, we're considering it to do as maybe an yeah. adaptation for our, one of our regular episodes um the novel is written by Ian McEwan who also wrote atonement also starring Shersha Ronan um, but yeah, it's like in the sixties, I think. And this couple has met and fallen in love and they're sort of like more higher class ish British, um, people at least. Yeah. The yeah. girl character, her family seems more upper class. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is like a violinist. Yeah. And she meets and falls in love with, uh, I, I don't know the actor who plays her love interest but Mm -hmm. he's a lower class uh sort who is still educated you know went to college and everything but he's not an elite like her parents and family are yeah uh but they fall in love and it it, you know this is all told through flashbacks that keeps going back to their uh honeymoon night yeah and so it's kind of an interesting format for a movie 
I really liked Shir Sharonin in this. Yeah. You know, at first I thought she was a little uh, flat Mm -hmm. at the beginning because we're seeing her at this awkward scene of them having dinner and stuff. (laughs) Um, But then when in the flashbacks and especially when we see her, there's a scene of her with her uh, violin group or her uh, quartet Mm -hmm. and She's really just taking command and taking the lead yeah. and kind of telling everyone what to do and, you know, how they're practicing and everything. And I really liked that scene. It really fleshed out her character yeah. and who she was a lot. And I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, if you're wondering why is this a problem for them to consummate their marriage, <laughs> it's not really spoiling anything to say that uh, the female character is either very highly rep- repressed or possibly asexual. Mm-hmm. And uh, the male character is just inexperienced and also awkward. Yes. <laughs> and easily embarrassed. So the combination basically is deadly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, you know, I guess to a certain point, the scene of them awkwardly trying to have sex, getting ready to have sex is part funny, part awkward, and the flashbacks of their relationship are very standard in terms of a love story. Yeah. It wasn't until they have this confrontation following their sexual encounter uh, where the movie really was gripping and really intriguing, Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, this is... It's kind of a bit into the movie, like over an hour in, that we finally get to this point. And actually, it's closer to the end, I guess. It is pretty much at the end. Uh, That was definitely the peak of the movie. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. And then uh, I guess not the the rest of the movie didn't quite live up to that climax of the film. And if you watch the trailer, it's very like it makes it seem very tense. And there are moments of tension. Yeah. But it's not as... um, tense and suspenseful as I was hoping it would be. I agree. I kind of wanted it to be even darker. Yeah. And to kind of go to an even darker place than it did. Me too. It does get serious in the confrontation and Mm -hmm. dramatic and I really enjoyed that. I just wanted it to push this concept farther. Like I almost wanted it to turn into like a horror movie. Yeah. I'm like who gets killed? Like yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who's gonna murder who? (laughs) Who's Whose lack of sex education is going to cause them to die first? <laughs> so it, it was a good movie. I it did enjoy good. it. Mm-hmm. Um, tonally, it's a bit wonky. Yeah. Like at the beginning, there's a scene with these two um, hotel room guys who are serving them dinner. Oh, yeah. And it's very slapsticky and goofy. Yeah. Uh, and then there are other moments like that. And then there's really serious moments. Mm hmm. So it's kind of a little uneven in that way, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Good performances. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what, 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 what next? <laughs> was <laughs> it the we com- see the comedy shorts after that? That's what I was thinking. That yeah. night we saw comedy shorts. They do a program where you can just watch a lot of short films in one movie length amount of time, which is nice. So you don't have to watch a movie. You know, you can just yeah. watch a bunch of little funny movies so and it, it's something I've kind of and we watched the comedy shorts last year too mm-hmm. and it's interesting because they're quite varied yeah in terms of quality and humor mm-hmm. and for me I think I've figured it out there's kind of a spectrum 
where and I like the movies to fall right in the middle where some movies, some of these short films are like a sketch. Yeah. Where it's one joke mm-hmm. and like the, an SNL, like an SNL thing. sketch. Yeah. yeah. And the whole short film really drives home that one joke, mm-hmm. you know, or some of them, they almost feel like a pitch for a sitcom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where there's a very general setup and then just a lot of random jokes. I kind of like to be in the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. kind of like the concept to drive a lot of the jokes, but I don't like all the jokes to be just this one thing. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like most of the movies fall somewhere on that spectrum in it's my true. mind. Mm-hmm. But there's a good variety. Yeah. Uh, what were some you liked? Um, I really liked the one with the nuns. What was oh, that yeah. called? Artem uh, Salenti? Artem yeah, Salenti? it was something uh, Latin, I think. It's like all quiet and they just have this really great like kind of rap song that starts it out. <laughs> yeah. And like one of the chorus lines is like, she's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and all the nuns are like silent and it's just like this showdown kind of like passive aggressive behavior between these two nuns at the dinner table. <laughs> but like they're quiet the whole time. And it, yeah. it was just such a, it did everything right. You know, it wasn't too long and it was funny cause they were all being silent and They were having this like kind of passive aggressive exchange at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And then the music was like so on point with that. Yeah. The music's almost like a punchline at the end. Yeah. When suddenly this rap song kicks in like she's bad. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was that falls right in the middle of that spectrum where like it's centered around this passive aggressive dinner scene between these nuns. But it's not all about this one specific thing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That one was really good. There was one Funny or Die had a couple in. Yeah. And the one which a lot of people might have seen already was about the time traveling dietitian. Dietitian. Mm -hmm. Essentially a guy trying to eat like bacon and eggs in the morning. And this time traveler keeps showing up to tell him we just I'm from the year uh, 1980 and we just found out that eggs are bad for you don't yeah. eat the eggs like <laughs> eat the bacon it's fine and then he leaves and then he comes back and he's like no okay so eat the egg whites not the yolks <laughs> the yolks are what's bad uh but it, it's a funny sketch yeah uh and but it's just kind of that it's just a sketch mm-hmm. it's three minutes long but it's done really well it is uh oh the one emergency yeah yeah was good mm-hmm. it's about three young men who are minorities yeah and they discovered this uh young white woman wandered into their house and like passed out from partying yeah and they're kind of freaking out because they want to call the cops but they're like this looks terrible this looks so bad like how are we gonna are handle we gonna this? get arrested yeah, yeah. they're gonna think we like raped her and like is <laughs> this really funny not really funny premise but it w- was played up well it, it, it was and then <laughs> They finally, their one friend shows up who I think is Mexican, but he's light skinned enough that they have him call the police (laughs) and And pretend to be white and to pretend to be white. And there's just this great shot where it smash cuts to like the police there, like taking the girl away and everything. And they the cut turns to the three guys and they're in like these very preppy yeah like pastel colored like khakis and shirts and like dressed very nicely in the background (laughs) just kind of standing politely (laughs) but that was uh that was a really good one too Mm -hmm. but we saw like eight eight or nine short films Mm -hmm. good selection yeah very good what did we watch next uh was it 
Was it Alaska's a drag? It is. Alaska is a drag. What a title. What a title. Uh, <laughs> this was kind of one we just picked at the, like at the very end of yeah, our scheduling. I think it was our last pick, actually. To kind of just fill in a slot that we had available. And this was one of my favorite movies that we I saw. I really liked it. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. It is about a uh, young black man living in Alaska mm-hmm. who is gay and uh, is dreams, an aspiring drag queen. Dreams of being a drag queen and a drag star. Yeah. But he's in Alaska and, and he, he's it's stuck, very homophobic in the area where he lives. Yes. And he's stuck working at a gross fish factory. I don't know yeah. what you call it. Like they, they got, got fish. They got and cleaned the fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. And that's where he's working. And he has a sister who he lives with and is very close with. Mm -hmm. And this relationship between them was one of the best parts of the whole movie. They're twins and they just love and support each other. It's so great. They went to Alaska and I guess their mom um, left them and they're kind of like looking for their mom and hoping to join her. They know she's in L.A. And so their dream is to kind of move down there and reunite with their mom. Um, But it was just so sweet. Like his sister has cancer. So she's sort of dealing with that and he is trying to get through his work life. And the people that work at his job are very manly, masculine type men. And yeah. he's bullied by one uh, character in particular that tries to like beat him up and stuff. And it's interesting because like he has all these um, almost like dream uh, sequences or yeah. like uh, daydream sequences where he imagines himself dancing um, yeah. In drag. And it's it's so beautiful. Like the scenes are really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie implements like really interesting touches of um, special effects and CGI. Yeah. Like there's this one shot that they constantly return to throughout the movie of him walking through like a field in front of an old factory building. Mm-hmm. And each time he walks through it, they have this like trail of like dandelions coming off his feet. And it's clearly like an effect, yeah, like a CGI effect. Uh, it looks good, though. And they do that each time he passes mm-hmm. or every once in a while. There will be like a light, like a northern lights effect that like appears around him. Yeah. Kind of these flourishes of fabulousness. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but and the other element of this movie is that. He is kind of a fighter. Yeah. He's kind of learned to defend himself and be able to fight people. And the guy who owns this fish factory, I'm just going to call it a fish factory. (laughs) I like that. I'm going to go with that. The guy who owns the fish factory uh, notices this and has a gym of sorts. An underground boxing arena. (laughs) Exactly. And he kind of recruits him to become a boxer. Yeah. So he is now a boxer slash aspiring drag queen. Yes. And it's this really interesting uh, uh, contrast of masculine and feminine um, gender identities. Yeah. Yeah. That he's kind of embodying. And I love that about him. I love that he is so unashamedly unashamedly gay. He's just like, you know, I'm gay. He yeah. tells everyone and um wants to be a drag queen and is always working on his routine and you know, he but at the same time, you know, he likes to fight and this is like a part of him and he's good at it and yeah. I just love that he can be both and he like shatters everyone's ideas of what 
being gay means. Yeah. There's and a, there, it's great. There's a scene where he, he shows up to a boxing match in drag. Yeah. And ends up winning the match. And it, it's it's great. It's it's so funny, but like still intense. It's mm-hmm. it's really great. And we actually got to see the director of the movie. Yeah. Uh, was there, which is another great thing about the Cleveland Film Festival is sometimes uh, you get to talk to the directors Last year, when we saw that the movie I mentioned earlier, Some Freaks, mm-hmm. the director and even some of the cast members were there. Yeah. And they answered questions and you just get more insight into the movie mm-hmm. and the thought behind it. You know, we found out that the director, she used to work at a fish factory in Alaska. Yeah. And a drag bar in New York City. And mm-hmm. this is kind of where this idea and plot of the movie was generated. Yeah. And she also wanted to escape Alaska. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And she kind of talked a lot about um, her interest in boxing too. And she thinks it's very funny because it's this ultra masculine thing. Yet it's these sweaty shirtless men. Kind of homoerotic. Kind of homoerotic (laughs) grappling with each other. And she always thought that was kind of a funny, you know, juxtaposition between what it, is thought of and then what it actually is. Yeah. And so she kind of wanted to also address that and play with that idea in this movie. So mm-hmm. it was great. I, I loved getting to hear from her and to see her thoughts and everything. And yeah, yeah. I think this was my second favorite movie. That's what I was going to rank it as. This is my second favorite too. The only thing that held it back a little bit for me was the love interest character. Yeah. He was so, so he was fine. Uh, it's kind of interesting because he's discovering his sexuality a bit too. Yeah. Um, but he's also a little bit weird in terms of I can't quite figure out what he's conveying emotionally at points. Yeah, I don't know if it was the actor or if it was just like the way the character was written, but it was like not quite there for me. Yeah, he's always kind of like playing coy uh-huh. in a weird way that I can't quite pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not terrible or anything. Yeah. Uh, that was just the only part of the movie that felt a little bit lacking in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alaska's a drag. Keep an eye out for it on Netflix. Yeah. Definitely worth a watch if it comes out. If we ever notice it, we'll tweet about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll also tweet about some freaks if it's still on Netflix, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was a wonderful movie. Great movie. What did we do? We? That wasn't the last one, though, right? Edie. Edie! Edie! I almost forgot about Edie. Yeah, we saw Edie. We saw Edie, uh, a movie about a older British woman. Was this a British movie or American? I can't remember. Do you mean were the characters British or was it like... Made in in England or the UK. I think it was. Yeah. And I, I don't remember seeing like a BBC or anything, mm-hmm. um, but I think it was uh, UK. Yeah. Um. I don't know what you want to call it, though, a hiker. Like, she decides to be an outdoors person. Yeah, she's, like, in her 80s, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the movie starts with her husband passing away, mm-hmm. who she had been taking care of for years because he suffered a stroke. Yeah. And just was in a wheelchair and couldn't take care of himself, and that was her job for, like, decades, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And after he passes, she kind of has this life-reaffirming experience or moment yeah you know she goes to a nursing home and just kind of checks it out and decides that she does not want to do that shit at all no and she sort of realizes that the person that she used to be when she was younger got kind of um 
taken over by her husband. He was very controlling when they were married. And then when he got sick, obviously his sickness ended up overtaking her life. And, you know, she was a mother as well. So she's just trying to kind of rediscover who she used to be and kind of see if she can be that person again. And as a child, she and her dad used to go hiking and camping a lot together. And so she wants to capture that again. And there was this one hike that they wanted to go on together and they never did. So she's going to do it. And it's in Scotland, I think. Yeah. And it's kind of climbing a pretty large mountain. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, some of her, of her age and experience, it's pretty intimidating. Yeah. I mean, I looked at it and I was like, I couldn't do that shit. Yeah. I, I really did like the setup for this story, though. You know, I don't think we get a lot of movies about older women. No. Uh, and especially a woman that old. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. not like in her sixties. She's like probably 80 years old. Yeah. But I mean, she does everything in the movie. Yeah. That Edie does that Edie does. So all the hiking and the outdoors and the mm-hmm. backpacking, like that actress really did in real life, which is very impressive. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting how she reflected a lot about being a child and yeah. her dad. Mm-hmm. And, just that kind of connection of her, like, you know, she used to be a kid. Yeah. Like a young person who <laughs> was rambunctious and liked running around outdoors and that she still remembers and reflects on that was yeah. very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she That and, part of her life was almost more real to her than the rest of her yeah. adult life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she encounters a younger outdoorsman guy who works at a shop. Yeah. And it's kind of a contrived thing where she runs into him like, two separate it's a meet cute yeah it is <laughs> boy meets older older woman yeah <laughs> and that he ends up agreeing she's paying him to take her out into the wild and kind of like train her train her a bit and show her the ropes of you know camping and like longer outdoor expedition kind mm-hmm. of stuff and so a lot of the movie is focused around their relationship and, yeah. you know, growing together as friends, which, which is really sweet. It you is. Know, it never seemed overly like, oh, he looks up to her or she's he's like the son that she never had. It's yeah, nothing like no. that. It's just like they become friends. And he says at one point in the movie, like, because you're my friend, like I care about you. Yeah. And it's I, sweet. I, yeah. I really like the friendship, like despite the setup of them meeting. Yeah. Kind of being a little clumsy in my mind. Like I really liked what they did with their characters mm-hmm. after that. And, you know, throughout the movie, their relationship together. But it, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I did, too. It was really good. Mm-hmm. The, the director of this movie was also there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not see her, though. Because she was in another theater. Yeah, this was actually, um, they, oh my God, we should tell this story. story. Oh my God. (laughs) So before the movie started, the way the Cleveland Film Festival is set up is uh, it's in kind of a mall. This theater is like in a mall, this complex. And you line up in this hallway outside of the theaters uh, for the movie. And then when the movie's ready, they let, take the whole line. They in. take the whole line into the theater. Yeah. So this uh, is a really huge line. It's a really big line. So we figured when the line's really big, we figured it must be playing in two theaters. Yeah. So they, you know, in that case, they'll let like half the line go and go into one theater. And then the other half goes into the other. So before the movie, I tell Adina, wait in line. I'm going to run to the bathroom. And I'll come out here and meet you. Well, by the time I get to the line, it's already moving. Yeah. 
And I got confused. I thought she was in the line that was moving or the part of the line. And then I'm texting her. And then a guy in that line told me it wasn't for Edie. He was fucking wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I ran back to the other part of the line that they then released into another theater. And I couldn't find you in that. But I'm like, you must be in this part. So I follow that line into the theater and I'm still texting you. You're like, where are you? I found a seat, but like it's filling up quick. And I'm in this theater. I'm looking around like, where's Adina? I got to find her. You were texting me. I'm fending off your seat. They're trying to fill it. So then it finally dawns on me that you must be in the other theater. So I have to run over there. I get yelled at for running. I have to like go past the people tearing tickets, even though my ticket's already torn. And I found you and we got to watch the movie and everything was fine. Everything was fine. Although they did try to give away my seat. Like the person next to me, they were like, are there any empty seats? And then the person next to me was like, oh, you have an empty seat. I'm like, no, no, someone's sitting here. Someone's here. (laughs) You're like, I didn't see anyone. (laughs) Yeah, it was a pandemonium. It was just so hectic and frantic and like so stressful for like. You were really sweaty when you came into the I was. I couldn't even talk to you when I first sat down. I was in such an agitated state. I just like held up my hand. I was like, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> so yeah, that's that'll teach me to plan my bathroom breaks uh, a little more appropriately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... um Cleveland Film Festival, if you get the chance, it's a great film festival to go to. It is. Uh, It's nice because all the movies are in Tower City Center, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like in larger festivals like in Toronto, they're spread out throughout the city. Yeah. So in the Cleveland Festival, you can pack in like one movie after another after another without Mm -hmm. having to travel, uh, which is very nice. So it's, you know, go uh, make a little trip of it unless you live in the area then you have no excuse not to go and just see some movies that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah, it's fun for us because we usually get a hotel downtown and just like kind of go to some restaurants down there. And yeah, um, yeah, this year we kind of saw the city a bit more, which was nice. So mm-hmm. it was a good time. We didn't try to cram in three movies in a row like we did last year, <laughs> Yeah, which I still enjoy. But, you know, I get yeah. it. It's a little it's a little much. You get really hungry. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and then you like end up eating a gross soft pretzel from the concession stand. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's cap this off with our famous segment slash game show. The Rotten Tomatoes Guessometer. Yes. And in this portion of our podcast episode, we try to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score of an upcoming movie. And um, whoever is the closest gets to win. You, <laughs> gets I was like, to he keep, doesn't get money. Gets to keep their money because the loser. <laughs> the loser. Has to give up $5. Has to give up $5. And I have already lost uh, $10. So mm-hmm. uh, I have $10 in a theater- theoretical jar. Yes. And the only way that money. Uh, Leaves is, the jar. Is one is if one of us guesses uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score. Exactly. exactly. Wow. Wow. Jinx. (laughs) You can't talk for the rest of the podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, now we usually recap the last one we guessed on in the last episode. But unfortunately, we fucked up a little bit because we guessed on a movie that was so 
unpopular and bad and bad and no one had any interest in that it actually didn't even accumulate enough reviews <laughs> to get a score. Yeah. So like you have to get a certain number of views to actually have like a finalized score on Rotten Tomatoes. And this movie did not even get it even had close four, I believe. <laughs> and they were all rotten. So it was on its way to a solid zero percent. Yeah. Uh, but it did not have enough. uh uh, reviews to count. So we're not counting this one. The results are inconclusive. Yes. <laughs> Upon further testing. <laughs> I'm afraid the results are inconclusive. So we're going in the opposite direction for our next one. Yeah. And we're going to do a movie that everyone will see this year, which is the new Avengers movie. Yeah. We decided to pick the movie that will have hundreds of reviews so that no chance of it not getting enough. Exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, Avengers Infinity War, uh, Stream of Consciousness. What are your thoughts? How, what are you thinking? Wh- where's it going? Uh, I mean, I'm like moderately excited. I'd say I was a little more excited for like Thor and Black Panther, especially because yeah. I, I just knew it was like the director Taika Waititi for Thor and then Black Panther. I was just so excited to see something like that on screen. Um a little bit less of that novelty and excitement for this one. Yeah. Um, but the Russo brothers are fantastic. So I yeah. know it's going to be solid. They did a uh, Captain America Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War for anyone who's uh, not familiar with them. So they're really solid. They've proven themselves twice. Mm-hmm. And Civil War was basically another Avengers it movie. It was. It so was practice for Infinity War. It pretty much. <laughs> they're like, okay, you guys got this. It, it was <laughs> you a got soft, the job. It was a soft opening into a Avengers yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I feel like the Avengers movies can't be as stylistic as the single movies since no. it has to be a vibe that everyone can mesh into. And there's going to be even more characters than we've ever seen before. Yes. So. Yeah, that's my only holdup. And what I think might hurt it in the long run is having too many characters. I think they'll do it well. Yeah. But I think inherently that's going to hinder it, it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to be solid. I'm guessing 90%. 90%. 90%. Because... Winter Soldier had 89%. Civil War had 91%. i am splitting <laughs> the difference. dab the middle. Yeah. So what are you thinking? So um, since I'm like kind of a little hesitant on it and um, I'm worried that it's not going to be as exciting with like so many cast members and everything, I'm going to go more into the 80s route. I'm going to say 83%. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit. A little bit lower, mm-hmm. but but still fresh. Still I mean, fresh. It's the Marvel universe. It's gonna fresh. be fresh. <laughs> fresh movie. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I, I don't think this is gonna be Marvel's first rotten movie. That would suck if it was. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't either. think they'll let that happen. No. <laughs> I feel like Marvel would just prevent like turn back time with Doctor Strange and Infinity Stone and be like we gotta redo the movie they would, it would actually be like the meta plot of the movie would they be like we have to undo the bad movie that we created yeah that'd exactly. be the next one that'd be the follow-up cool so uh obviously if you are listening to this on iTunes this uh after credits was available publicly yes. uh, on our normal podcast mm-hmm Normal After Credits episodes, though, are only available to our Patreon members. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to have access to those other episodes next week or next episode, I'm sorry, (laughs) of After Credits, we will be talking about, speaking of Marvel, every Marvel movie leading up to Avengers. Yeah. 
Uh, we're rewatching them all right now. We just started with Iron Man. Going strong with one out of 20. Yeah, yeah <laughs> get excited. We're but on our I'm, way. I am excited, though, to watch them all like kind of around the same time and kind of have them in context with each other and think about them in that way. Um, and then we'll uh, have that out with uh, Infinity War. Out. Yeah. So if yeah. you want to know which of those movies we think are the best, and also we're going to be counting how many of those movies have a bewildered looking child <laughs> uh, staring at the superhero you know, we're going to yeah. have some some fun factoids. So if you're interested in that, become a patron of ours on Patreon. Yeah. And also, if you just want to support the normal podcast that we do biweekly, the normal mm-hmm. Cover to Credits podcast, uh, just become a Patreon member or give us a rating on iTunes. That's always appreciated. Mm-hmm. If you are listening to us uh, because of the Cleveland Film Festival, if you saw us on Twitter or anything because of that, you know. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and yeah. listen to future episodes. Yeah, we cover some pretty cool books, some pretty cool movies. Some pretty, so some, some pretty cool stuff. Some cool stuff. Some stuff we like, you know. <laughs> Just you, you know, you some know. stuff other people might like as well. Yeah. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode. We will see you next time with our new normal covered credits episode. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.